So welcome everyone to this edition of Human Wisdom Live. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that's in, at the core of being human. How do we live with a sense of peace? We might have all the wealth in the world, be uh, famous and uh, might be the prime minister, the president, but this lack of peace is something that we all, all share. And we also share a yearning for it. My guest today is Gopalan Nair, who is a life coach and a human wisdom coach in Singapore. And I'd also like to welcome our many guests from around the world. The plan today is we're going to, Gopalan and I are going to speak for about 30 minutes. And then we're going to open it up for your questions and your comments and for us to engage. And as we have so many people, we might even do a breakout room and see what um, you all um, have to contribute and you can make some new friends. So Gopal and welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Manoj, for, for having me in this conversation. So we're going to talk about four things today. We're going to start by asking, just mention a few statistics around how uncommon peace is, not only in our own lives, but in the world. Then we're going to talk about what peace is actually. Is it just the absence of conflict or something more than that? What gets in the way of living with peace? And this is where wisdom comes in. And what can we do, you ordinary human beings, to live with this peace inside us? So Gopal, let's begin with some statistics. Sure. What do we think, how common or uncommon is peace in the world at the moment? Actually, if you ask me, if you look around, even in our own neighborhood, do we really have peace? Mm -hmm. We may, may be in a, an environment that is seemingly peaceful, but is it truly peaceful? Yes, yes. You know, there are 41 wars going on in the world right now, though we only one of them makes the headlines. Uh, but there's suffering everywhere. But not just physically, physical conflict, but there's emotional conflict in our own lives. I mean, 80% of the people say they're stressed in some shape or form. Anxiety is 20 to 40%. And relationship conflict is 50 to 80%, depending on which numbers you read. So it's, it's an important subject because very few of us live with the real sense of peace inside. That is true. That is so true. I mean, in your 30 years as a working with, um, uh, at, at, in Singapore, you must have seen a lot of workplace conflicts too. Oh, yes, very much. In fact, uh, the 40 years that I spent in aviation was full of conflicts. <laughs> yes. It was full of it. In fact, the cup was overflowing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a question of whether someone reacted to it mm. or chose not to. Yes. And that decided on the uh, outcome. So there's conflict in ourselves, conflict in our relationships, that's reflected in our organizations. And then of course, in the world at large. Yeah. But let's talk about 
what peace is. What is peace actually? Is it just the absence of conflict or something more than that? That's a very, very good question. And it was on the top of my mind as well. And I think, Manoj, I am so tempted to ask this question to a few of our participants who are here. Because as, as, uh, as uh, uh, Bharat has, has correctly shared in the chat, uh, that it, it may mean different things to different people. Okay, I've got a little something I can do. All right. So everybody, if you could put in the chat what you think peace is. Or if you want to tell us verbally, it, it, very short. Yeah, because uh, we've got, you know, we've got a lot of people and we've got a very tight time schedule. So let's uh, use the chat if we could. Sure. And just uh, write down what you think peace is. Hi, Sheila, welcome. Hi, how are you? Apologies for the delay getting in. I couldn't get in, but I'm in now. It's great. Hi, Sarah. What do so you all think peace is? Ah. State of mind. Peace is with yourself and in your mind. Acceptance, acceptance of differences. A song in your heart, coexist. Peace is acceptable. Being in dynamic flow. Excellent, excellent sharing. Peace is a harmonious existence with everything around and with us. Stillness within, in a state of calmness, stillness, trust of being in the unknown. Wow, it's a free flow of in the chat. Excellent alignment. Yes. So, so as you can see, there are so many interpretations of what peace will mean to each of us. Yes. So it's beyond the absence of conflict. It's it also is. being at peace with oneself or at ease yeah. with oneself. Because even if there is no conflict in the world around us and in our relationships, quite often we're not at ease or at peace with ourselves. Do you think compassion has a role, Gopalan? Um, yes, of course. But before compassion can take place, we need to be in that state of calm and in peace, right? Yes. yes. Before it allows you to even go there. Yes. And one of the consequences of not living with peace is that our mind is focused on our own pain on the disturbance in our own thinking. Right? And if we are focused on that, then we can't, there's no space for compassion. Uh, at this point, maybe I'd like to share something uh, I found very relevant, where there was a German parliamentarian who said, 
peace can only exist with, not without or against. Ah, okay, yes. So last week we had a forum on wisdom and spirituality where we were exploring compassion. And I think this subject of living with peace is such an important part of it. Because if you don't have any sense of peace inside yourself, there isn't the space in your own heart to think, to think about others um, or, um, yeah, to just live with this sense of goodness and compassion. Maybe we could explore next what gets in the way of living with peace? What are the things that go on in our thinking that stop us from living with peace? with ourselves and with others. You want to make a start? Excellent, excellent question. And I would like our participants in the chat to also share what gets in the way. One thing that comes to my mind is not necessarily conflict and aggression, but it could even be biases. the way we see the differences between us. Yes. Instead of looking at it as uh, diversity and richness in diversity, mm. we see that as um, that, 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 oh, uh, so-and-so is not good for me. <laughs> even though, like, I think we shared previously in our earlier conversation, why do we even... Uh, feel anger or hurt with someone we don't even know. Yes. Just because he's different from us by race, language, religion, by even location. So I think to understand what's going on, we have to first understand the nature of condition, which is common to all human beings. We're all influenced by our past, by our environment, unconsciously. And yet we become attached to it. We're not even aware we're conditioned. You know, you're born on this side of the street in Belfast, you're Catholic, the other side, you're Protestant. <laughs> you don't even ask why. Or why am I Hindu or Muslim or American or whatever I am? Then second thing that happens is my mind is constantly comparing what it sees in the world with what it knows. And any difference that it finds creates a barrier and a disturbance. You think that's one of the reasons why we have a lack of peace because we're constantly looking around the world, encountering these differences between us and others and feeling this disturbance in our own thinking. Sometimes our conditioning, uh, Manoj, uh, may not even be the position we take. It could even be our very unconscious disassociation from the issues around us. Yes. Like it, it becomes like, like, like we view the, the, the carnage and the um, um, collateral damage that's going on in Ukraine uh, as part of our a TV show, a reality show. Mm -hmm. There's a disassociation when, when we should be con so concerned that, hey, beneath all that, aren't we one as humanity yes 
So all the factors that are behind the conflicts in the world are actually present in us too, right? True. You know, just as we are attached to our identities, being whatever it is that you have your identity is, so are the Russians and Ukrainians. And as we talked about in one of our previous forums, one simple way to bring peace to the world is to let go of your attachment to your yes. particular identity. First, to wake up and realize that you're attached to your identity, and then to let it go and just be an ordinary human being. So nobody can push you to kill another human being who has a different identity. Right. I mean, that's a really simple way that if we could get this message to all human beings, doesn't mean that you still are not Irish or American or whatever, but just your attachment to that identity dissolves and you become just a simple human being. And when you spoke about identity, Manoj, the thing that also came to me was, yeah, doesn't that mean uh, our attachment to the I, the ego? Yes, yes. all of that. And again, that's something that's, un it's part of being human, you see, that's the way the mind is wired. But let's explore some of the topics that have come up in the chat. So desire gets in the way of peace, right? Mm. Which means if I want something and I think my happiness lies in the future when I get that, that means right now I'm not at peace. I will be, at ease with myself once I achieve something in the future, right? What about anger, Gopalan? How does, what, can, where, what are the roots of anger? Because that's a huge cause of lack of peace in ourselves. Very true, very true, um, Manoj. Anger, we, we only see the anger, right? We never really consciously uh, sit with it to find um, why am I feeling this way? What is behind that anger? Yes. And, and, and then we realize it could be hurt. Why am I feeling hurt? What's behind that? Yes. You know? And we need to keep doing that to a point where we then have a, this realization um, what is the root cause? Yes. And do I have to react to that? What if I don't react? What, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yes. That's something really profound you just said, which is behind all anger is hurt. But we don't recognize that. We're not even aware that behind anger is hurt. We're not aware of it in ourselves and we're not aware of it in others. Let me tell you a beautiful story of an eight-year-old girl I had a conversation with. And I said, suppose someone is calling you a pea brain in the playground. She said, I, and someone's trying to bully you. What do you think? I said, are you, do you think that he's aware that he's bullying you? She said, no, he isn't. I said, why do you think he's doing that? And she said, because he's hurting inside. This is an eight-year-old girl. So I said, what's the answer? And she said, we have to try and find a way of healing that hurt. Because otherwise they're going to just continue to bully others. So I'll just go up and say, hey, do you want to be my friend? By the way, this video is on, on YouTube, so you can watch it. It's with Sarah, and she's just an eight-year-old from a local school. But anger is uh, comes from our own, own hurt, doesn't it? 
What about comparison? You know, our mind compares all the time unconsciously. And we always think we're less than others uh, in some way. And that can create this huge problem. So true. So true, Manu. It's not just about feeling less than. Sometimes the arrogance come in to feel more than. Yes, yes. As well, yes. you know. Uh, and, and, and that little need to, on the basis of wanting to be competitive. Being competitive in itself, there's nothing wrong with it because it kind of raises the quality of the uh, engagement or the, or the work you do. But the moment you start comparing and say that I'm the best you know, and I want to be the best and everybody else will need to look up to me. I want to be the role model. It gets a bit more complicated. Well, you know, if you're the number one tennis player in the world, you live with this constant sense of anxiety that yeah. someone's going to come up and take your place. So comparison doesn't actually bring peace, whatever, whether it's arrogance or lack of self-esteem, this unconscious process of comparison. And if we could wake up to it in our own thinking, not that it's wrong, but it's unconscious and automatic right now. So when I asked children, I said, how would your life change if you were in charge and your mind didn't automatically and unconsciously compare itself with others, but only did it when it needed to. And this 13-year-old girl once told me that I would be free. So that's a simple thing we can all do to be at peace uh, with ourselves. What about fear? That's a huge cause of lack of peace in all our lives. True. And the best part of it is fear is our imagination of things that have not taken place. Yes. What if yes. things don't work out? What if, you know? And that creates that little uh, hypothetical situation yes. you know, that things will happen and it won't work out for you. Yes. And in fact, those problems are even worse than real ones because they haven't yet occurred. So they don't have a solution. <laughs> That's true. Um, and I mean, for example, I'm going to die of cancer. Well, it hasn't yet happened. And so there's no solution. So you can spend all your life worrying about something that may or may not, may or may not happen. So what's the answer, Gopalan, to fear? I mean, I know it's, it's a healthy thing. It's important for our own survival. But like all things, when it operates in an unhealthy way, it can completely ruin our lives. About half of us live with anxiety to some extent. I think each individual will need to find their own answers. Hmm. Because I think we are all unique individuals hmm. with unique conditioning just by pure time and place of birth and locality and culture, religion and everything else that goes with it. Um, the, the thing is the commonality, whether it's fear, whether it's anger, what is really upsetting that peace that we are looking for? Because it is a perception after all, right? So when we talk about answers, I think off the cuff, 
what I'm, I'm sensing is that for peace to exist, we need to have that awareness that something is going on. Something has been triggered within. Yes. Yes. And once we, uh, we, we can just sit with it and say, okay, something is happening within me. I want to understand that first. Yes. If I don't have that understanding, how will I even uh, go one step forward to say, why is this happening to me? Yes. So you said something really important, which is our lack of peace comes from inside from the many unconscious patterns or ways our mind works, which we are not aware of. And fear is one of them. So we think all these challenges are coming from the outside, from our relationships, from circumstances, from how people are, our lack of this and lack of that. But actually, it comes from our own thinking. And another one, which I encounter commonly, I'm sure you do too, is people don't accept themselves as they are. They're not happy with who they are. Okay. What do you think is behind that? And what can we offer someone who's feeling that way? Again, I think, uh, or I, I feel that it's got to do with what is behind that. It still goes back to understanding, isn't it? Yes. It still goes back to, uh, why am I feeling this way? What is behind that? Yes. What if I just observed what is going on? Yes. Just to understand that yes. I have an ideal or an image of myself which is different from my reality. You know, for example, I was speaking to a young university student in, in Tucson in Arizona. And she said all her friends are getting these lip fillers done at the moment. And it's a quite, it's a craze the world over. And it's because people feel somehow not comfortable in their own skin. But that doesn't come from the outside, it comes from the inside. And once you understand the reason for that, then that's the beginning of freedom. But it's a journey, as you said, that each of us has to take for ourselves. So if I may just add, what works for me may not work for you. So you need to take that journey yourself. Yes. I can't do that for you. No. I can't tell you what water tastes like. Right? You have to drink it to find out. You have to... I can't teach you how to swim if you're just standing on the side of the pool. Exactly. Me. You have to get in the water and start swimming. Similarly, all of us, if we want to live with this sense of peace and explore what gets in the way, have to begin our own journey of self-understanding and discovery. But beyond that, let's explore perhaps the core reason why. So suppose there is no conflict in your relationships. You have all the money you need. You have, you might be famous, all of that but you're sitting in your hotel room or in your room on your own and you're not at peace, are you? There's no external conflict, but in yourself, you feel restless, empty, bored. There's a vacuum. That's the nature of the human mind, right? That's the way we are wired. So yes. we, need to, we need to explore that. 
we need to explore that. How can we explore that? Because that is at the heart of being human. We use different words for it, right? Inner boredom, whatever it might be, vacuum, emptiness. I think that that whatever words we use to describe that emptiness within is because we are always seeking something outside to mm -hmm. fill, uh, fill in something that's missing inside. Yes. Yes. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's uh, your own pursuit mm -hmm. for success, mm -hmm. as you, you might want to call it, when, when we should be just sitting with it inside, okay, I'm, what, what vacuum is this? What emptiness is this? What else do I need to fill? Why is there a need in the first place? Yeah. Where is that coming from? You know? So this emptiness inside us, which is part of being human, it's from there all our journeys in the world begin. That's mm. from where our emotional needs arise, which we seek in the world. From where our need for pleasure comes, where holidays, buying things, you know, uh, all of that starts from there too. Um, relationships. Why do we get married? Why, you know, it's all to fill that emptiness inside. And, and, and the, the interesting part of all this is when we do that, it's not sustainable. No. When it just covers it over, like you buy a car. In three months, it's an old car. You start a new relationship, you're really excited in three months or six months. It's an old relationship. And so on. You know what I mean? So the mind is always seeking an answer for this emptiness outside. I met a school teacher once who said she had 176 pairs of shoes. And she said this with great delight because she didn't understand why. You know, and she was looking, of course, for the next, next and so on. So what's the answer to this Gopala? Because it's at the heart of being human. What can we suggest as a possible way to, to, to explore this and connect with this? What's behind it? I think if we uh, were to just find that solitude and space and reconnect with nature or, or the, uh, to, to just find that space for uh, reflective inquiry, to seek within and say, okay, uh, I want to know more about uh, why my brain is telling me this, why my thoughts are going this way, uh, to better, uh, why am I seeking all this from the outside? What if it is all within me? Wouldn't that be more sustainable? So it's really interesting. I was, I learned so much from children. I work a lot with them. And I was talking to this group of 10-year-olds and we were talking about pleasure and the nature of pleasure and how it ends, you know. So I said to them, so if you open a Christmas present or a birthday present, how long does the pleasure last? And they said, not long, a few minutes and I'm bored. So I said, what do you feel when the pleasure ends? She said, I feel bored. And I said, what do you need to do next? Well, I need to go and do some, buy another, buy something else or, but the next time it needs to be bigger and better. 
I think there's another confusion. Um, a lot of people feel that alone is lonely. Yes. Yes. But, but it's really not. Uh, alone doesn't mean lonely. No, not at all. Yeah. So I, I think asked we, her, we have Maria raised her hand there. Yeah, just one second, Maria. We're going to open it to everybody in a minute. We've just got another minute, couple of minutes to go. And what this girl said, I said, what's the answer to your inner boredom? Right. And she said, she was very quiet for a long time. And then she said, if I stay with it, it goes away. Okay. So there's something really profound there, which is, we're always escaping from this vacuum inside to fill it from the outside. But if we make, if we stay with it, not running away, not naming it, just being with it, meeting it almost without language, it transforms to peace. Yes. Well, one of the questions that came up uh, in my breakout room was, we all may know that this peace lies inside us. So if someone tells me, I'll say, yeah, I agree with you. But then I don't know what to do next. And that's why we built the Human Wisdom Project and the Human Wisdom app. And for those who haven't seen it, I'm going to take two minutes to just show you around it. Um, and then we'll open the floor to other comments. Mm. So this is the um, Human Wisdom app, it's humanwisdom.me, and it's really, the purpose behind it is to help everyone begin a journey inwards, to help you understand yourself and how your mind works. And you'll say, well, all our minds are different. How can I, how can I understand myself? But actually, if you go deeper, the deeper you go, that you realize our minds are the same. Just like our heart works in the same way, so does our thinking. Like we're all conditioned. Or we all experience fear. We all experience loneliness, this emptiness. We all have this lack of peace and so on. Um, so these are some features we have. There's some stories and online journaling, by the way, is a really excellent way to learn about yourself. So we have an online journal, for example, is a question of the day. What have you got to be grateful for? What did you learn about yourself today? I love that question. In every situation, what am I learning about myself from what I'm feeling? Uh, if I'm feeling lack of peace, then what's behind that? Uh, this is an introduction to wisdom. For people who are stressed or anxious, there are some videos on how to get support now. We need a quiet mind to be able to begin this journey, to notice what's happening in our own thinking. So these are just mindfulness type exercises in different versions, there's some nature meditations as well. We know how to look at the world, but we don't know how to look at ourselves. So the art of inquiry explores, for example, how to look at yourself without judgment. It's really difficult for the mind to do that. We're always judging ourselves as right or wrong, good or bad. And at the core of this project is understanding how the mind works. This is unconscious in all of us. We're all conditioned. We talked about that or the mind's comparing or it operates from self-interest or self. We have these images of ourselves. You know, we killed 200 million of our own in the last century, all because of our attachment to our different identities. All the wars in the world are linked because occur because of our attachment to 
our different identities. We all have emotional needs, and that's a big cause of lack of peace, as somebody said in the meeting. And this inner boredom that drives us to seek pleasure in the world. So all of these can be explored, and then we can understand our emotions, which are again the same in all of us, and then apply this understanding to live with wisdom in 16 uh, different ways, like how to live with peace or deal with death, uh, how to be happy and communicate well, how to have uh, really great relationships and avoid and overcome stress. So I'm going to pause there. Um, one of the things that kept coming up for me um, was, was trying, to, trying to actually think about when I do feel at peace rather than what gets in the way and, and kind of focus on that. And um, when I was journaling last week, um, I was looking at something, I, I felt anxious um, and, and I, I, I kind of went to the root and realized that actually when I'm stuck in my head, um, it's because of the fear of the unknown because every one of us sits where we are now looking at an unknown future regardless of what we think. We've no idea what's going to happen in the next minute, let alone the next five or 10 years. Now, what's happened to me in the past when I've sat with that fear of the unknown, making huge decisions, you know, maybe career, life-changing decisions, there's something deeper within that's, that's it's an inner knowing. When we get to this wisdom within, I, I believe it's beyond time and space. And when we settle into that, we settle into the known that everything will be fine. And when you, and you, you trust that, and that brings peace for me. This podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more about all the issues we've discussed today, please visit our website, humanwisdom.me. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.